0: The following podcast is a member of the Pokecasters Network. Pokecasters Network, supporting Pokemon content creators, their shows, and the community of Pokemon fans. To find out more, check out pokecastersnetwork.com or find us on Twitter and Facebook. Hello, and welcome to Lucas Lectures, hosted by the big fish himself, Veteran Lucas. Sit back, relax, and enjoy today's topic. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Lucas Lectures. It's me, Veteran Lucas. Hope you guys are having a fantastic day or night, because I'll be honest, I really am not. Like, I, I have plans. I have ideas. We do the birthday episode, then I do a regional battle with Hisuian starters, and then we keep going on from there. But no. Pokemon decides to randomly drop one random new Pokemon and says, Here, This changes the fabric of everything you've ever thought about with Pokemon. I'm leaving to dip. Okay, bye. I'm recording this right before another trailer is going to drop, so I'll throw my plans out again. But we got Wiglet to randomly drop. Now, if you don't know who Wiglet is, Wiglet is a new Pokemon that bears many, many striking features to Diglett. And we are all looking at this like, oh, cool. This is the new regional variant of Diglett. And the Pokemon's like, no. like, oh. So it's like a new evolution of a Dig... No, it's a completely separate Pokemon, and it just looks a lot like a Diglett. And to a lot of people, that was weird. To us, we were jumping up and down, like, yes, convergent evolution is a real thing. Let's go! But then we also realized that most people would think of it as cheap and lazy as a way of saying, hey, that's just a variant. Why are you just making a variant? Now, there's definitely an argument to be made for that. I mean, look at this thing. It looks just like a long white diglet, and it's a little unsettling. But real-world evolution could lead to some pretty odd trends and paths due to electrical selection, too. So today, I'm going to, for once, defend the Pokemon company full stop on their decision. Not going to make any—well, that's a lie. I'm going to make some slights on them. But they actually did a really cool thing officially introducing this. We're going to go over four— of the different kinds of evolutionary trends we can see. We're gonna go over some of the Pokemon that follow those trends, and we'll see some of the real world animals that do as well. I'm very excited to talk about this because it gives me more chances to talk about some of the weird ways nature has decided to turn. So without further ado, let's start with the most basic form of evolution that everyone is familiar with, even if you don't know the right term, divergent evolution. The commonly held scientific theory is that all life started from a single common ancestor and, over billions of years, gradually changed and started to form until they started getting so different that they could not reproduce except with things that are different as them, and they formed life. This is the prevailing theory of life. Pressure from the environment selected the best offspring and allowed them to develop different adaptations, different ways of surviving that got them more and more successful in that environment. And producing more offspring. Divergent evolution is the one you're familiar with where a species starts off one way and one and one of the offspring starts mutating goes one way, and over generations another one goes another. A really good example of this that many people are familiar with are birds. Birds share a single common ancestor, and yet they've diverse into all these crazy weird ways. Like you got sparrows, you got ostriches, and yet they're all considered birds. What's up with that? Uh, if you remember Darwin's finches, we do have Oricoco from uh, Generation 7. That brings up some pretty cool comparisons with that because it's in the Alola region where each one of these Pokemon were all on their own island, and, but they all adapted different ways of dancing. With Darwinian's finches in the Galapagos, we found that all these finches had a common ancestor, but as they were on different islands over time, pressure selected them to speciate and change to fit whatever ecosystem they were around. So if they were feeding mainly on little litty bitty berries, they had smaller beaks. If they were cracking nuts, they had bigger ones. It diversified and changed based on the surroundings. In Pokemon, the closest I could find would probably have to be, I mean, aside from Oricoco, um, Fanfi, the Donphan line, and Kufant, the Capraja line. So at some point, I think there was a elephant ancestor. There was a Pokemon elephant ancestor, and at a certain point, it just kind of split. They had a common ancestor, and one decided to go with the smaller line and stay small, and the other decided to move through forests and jungles, which would make a lot of sense. If you're trying to hide and you're going through the tall grasses, the line would work pretty well. If you're trying to plow through a forest... The Capraja line would work pretty well, and you could even say that Capraja and mammoth swine have a common ancestor, because what's cool about Indian elephants and the woolly mammoth in real life is that they are close relatives to the point where people are trying to make their own woolly mammoths using Indian elephants. I have an entire thing about how that's a terrible idea in some of our fossil episodes. It's so dumb. It's really cool, though, that Pokemon kind of put this in. I mean, you also have the Horsey and Skrelp line, because they're both seahorses. One just swims more in open water, and the other one prefers to hide in the shadows and kill things with poison. This is a very common way of evolving. It's really easy to see this in so many different animals. Let's get to the fun one. Uh, The really cool one is going to be something called Convergent Evolution. Have you ever had an idea... Like a a real good idea, something that you think would make life easier or make the world better, and you just want to make it happen and make it work. You go on Google, you see how it's done, then you check it, you publish that idea, and you find out that a few other people have already gotten to it, but it's still a pretty good idea and you go with it anyway. That's convergent evolution. Convergent evolution is when two organisms have a common adaptation while not being closely related. The best example of this is something called countershading. So this is with penguins, sharks, dolphins, bony fish. It's where you have a dark backside and a light underbelly. This lets them blend into their ocean environments. And when you look down into the ocean, you see the dark back. So it blends in with the dark. You look up. It looks like the light of the sun on their bellies. Pokemon has already been doing this. So as much as they want to say this is this Wiglet and Diglet is our first convergent evolution line. The second you put Sharpedo and Waylord next to each other and showed countershading, there, there was your convergent evolution. It was already there. They're literally next to each other in the Pokedex. Come on. Uh, <clears throat> focus. Another great example is echolocation. Whales and bats live completely different lives. And as far as they are mammals, they're about as far away from each other as you could expect. And yet they both developed echolocation as a means of hunting and moving around. They both stumbled upon a really useful adaptation that they can use to survive in their ecosystems. And it's amazing to see that this strategy has worked so well for both of them. Now, Pokemon, Wigglet and Diglet, Okay, the name for Diglet in Japan is a uh, and the name for Wiglet in Japan is Umi Dug, which, if you translate that roughly, it means Ocean Diglet. They knew exactly what they were doing when they were making this adorable little noodle. They knew it would work out, and I think I think it should have a better name, but otherwise, I do like that it is kind of based on a diglet and it just has a similar design it likes to burrow and it has a really large nose for sensing its prey so it did keep the whole like 60 miles thing like apparently it can smell for 60 miles or a diglet can dig 60 miles I guess they kind of kind of that but I think it's really interesting that two organisms could develop such a large nose and a way of burrowing because it just works for them if you're living on the shoreline you want to hide yeah Digging a hole and hiding most of your body is going to work real well. It has for the garden eel, which this thing is based on. And Diglett loves to burrow to hide and get food. It makes sense as they would both adapt a similar body plan, even if they are in completely different habitats. Now, should they have changed the names? Yes. I think it should have been a little bit less, you know, the same. But what do I know? I'm not a game designer. And I'll be honest, it's really fun just to say Wigglet, it. Like, it's a fun—it just rolls off the tongue. <clears throat> now we get to, um— this one's, a, this one's one of the hard ones to describe. This one's a little bit tricky. I had to go through some research to make this palatable, but um, let's talk about parallel evolution. It sometimes gets intermixed and confused with uh, convergent evolution, but it is its own thing, and many scientists have looked at it, and there's still debate on how exactly it's different. But, um, so a parallel evolution is when two organisms have a common ancestor, and evolve the same trait independently of another. So in this case, it was when we saw when we saw the whale and the bat, two very different organisms, two very different common ancestors from each other, but they have the same thing. Parallel evolution is when they're much closer related, far apart, and they still pick up the same trait. The most common version of this that we see, and the one that people point to the most as examples, are marsupials and placental mammals, uh, us, us. If you are a marsupial like a kangaroo or a koala versus an animal that gives live birth like we do with an umbilical cord, placenta, all that stuff. In Australia, there were, slash are, many marsupials that match up with the common traits of placental mammals. Flying squirrels and flying possums are pretty far away from each other, and yet they both develop the ability to glide. Giant anteaters and nimbats, which we actually talked about in our little birthday episode, two different sides of the world, but they both worked out that having a sticky, weird tongue is a really great way to eat ants. Tasmanian tigers rest their extinct souls, and gray wolves both filled a top predator ecological niche in their system. In Pokemon, uh, my example for this would probably be Hydreigon and Dragonite. Uh, they are both dragons, but each have their own way of living. They're in different regions. They're far apart. They're just completely separate from each other. Both of these Pokemon can learn moves like flamethrower as a way to counter ice types that may try to harm them. They might not naturally produce it, but it's pretty much the closest I could find to describe parallel evolution. They are in the same typing. They are completely separate from each other. They may look a little bit different, but they both will learn a similar adaptation to survive. When an Australian region gets made, I would love to see a a parallel evolution of like an Amolga. I would love to see an Emolga that glides, but also has a pouch where it has a little baby. And then we can bring back parental bond. Yeah, the Kangaskhan ability, they would have got mega Evolved, and it was terrifying and they had to nerf it real hard. Let's bring it back. Let's have a whole region of parental bond. Let's just make everyone suffer. Everyone gets power-up punch and everyone gets destroyed. It's the only surefire way to assure that everything is equal. Everyone gets parental bond in the Australia region. Now, the final one, and definitely the coolest way that any animal can evolve, because we had an entire episode on this way back in the day called The Odd Couples, coevolution. In this evolution, you occasionally grab two organisms that will evolve alongside each other to either take advantage of or to better work with the other organism. These changes are either mutually beneficial or they are downright antagonistic to the other and everything in between. Uh, Bees, really great example. With bees, they have evolved alongside flowers, so that way they can better gather their nectar. And flowers have evolved alongside bees in order to have their pollen attached onto them and other insects. They've evolved ways of having the bees see them. The bees have evolved ways of making sure they can always track themselves to the plant. Everybody wins in this scenario. The organism evolved to become highly dependent on each other, though. The downside to this is that if one of them goes down, both species could go down. This is why we care so much when we talk about native bees, is that if you got rid of all the plants that they were using, or if you got rid of all the bees that pollinate them, both of these groups of organisms are going to be in trouble. It can also be um, a pretty brutal form of evolution, there are many birds that will actually lay their eggs in the nest of other birds to take the load off parenthood. In return, those nesting birds trying to evolve ways to counter that behavior, and in return, the parasitic laying birds are going to be evolving ways to come up with ways to stop that. It's just over and over. It's an evolutionary arms race to try and work through and try and get ahead of the other, and they just keep evolving. Another example, uh, one of my favorites from my bush garden days, was the giraffes and the acacia tree. The acacia tree has delicious leaves, but it also has super tiny delicious leaves and they have massive like huge spikes on them. They are giant sharp spikes. It's horrifying to even think any animal will try to eat it. And the giraffes have a really, really good long tongue for grabbing it. They have a nice long throat. It got to the point where giraffes could even take in the thorns, digest them a little bit and poop them out. And there was a rumor that if you ran over some giraffe poop, it would pop your tires because of the spikes in it. They evolved to deal with a annoying plant and the plant evolved to be as annoying as possible to digest for them. It's a really fun example of an animal and a plant working together that isn't a bee. I'll be honest, everyone kind of uses the bee one. Now in Pokemon, we have good old Zangoose and Seviper as mortal enemies, they are an excellent example of co-evolution because if you look at Zangoose's ability, you find that this Pokemon is built for dealing with this poisonous little bugger. Every ability it has is pretty much designed to either be immune to toxin or to use it to power itself up. It's a great evolutionary track of like, okay, as long as I keep evolving to fight this thing and as long as this thing evolves to be tougher, we can both change, we can both adapt to each other's problems and kind of come out even. Uh, another example people don't think of is Remoraid. Uh, Remoraid evolved to attach itself to larger organisms like Mantine, and Mantine in return, it picks up a more docile nature to deal with it. Like these organisms just kind of evolved and work together because for the Mantine, not really too much to worry about, it has a larger surface area, and it just kind of works out. Now granted the Remoraid is doing a lot more evolving to attach to it, but Co-Evolution is really, really easy to do in these games because it's the easiest to replicate. Like, it's so easy to just take a Pokemon like Heatmor, put it next to a Durant, and say, yeah, they've been fighting it for a while. That's why they have their abilities. Convergent Evolution, really, really tough to put into a game like this. Like, really interesting dynamic to play in. I do think we should have more like it. Wigglet and Diglet. Have a really cool relationship going, and I really hope this is a starting trend to see more. And hey, after this episode comes out, there'll be a trailer already out, so maybe we get more of these Convergent Evolution Pokemon. Hopefully, we get to see them. For now, I want to thank you guys so much for listening. At a certain point during co evolution, I probably said Convergent instead. They sound really similar to me. Sorry about that. So, I hope to see you guys soon. Hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your day or night.